in this series through the attributes of God, uh, we're in, we come to one that uh, we start to make a transition in this series, one that we can start to understand and though very minimally start to emulate and copy of who God is in our lives. And it's this issue of holiness. Let me say from right at the start here that there's something within us that hates the idea of the holiness of God. Here's what I mean. There's something in us that, that, that revolts against the idea of the perfection of God. Here, here, let me put it, take it from the ethereal down to the practical. Let's imagine that now your student's actually in the classroom at school, okay? So in that scenario, the student in a classroom and your teacher gives you a test and you study and you work and you study and you work and you study and you work and you're convinced you're going to do okay and you take the test and you get it back and you get a 58%. And in the context of that, you start talking to your classmates and you realize, well, they got a 57, they got a 54, the only one got a 59, they were pretty smart, but everybody got Fs. And then you imagine, though, your teacher having what is called benevolence and choosing to then grade on the curve. Because if the teacher grades on the curve, then you're okay. However, in your class, you know, there's one person, let's call that person Bert, and Bert takes a test, and Bert gets 100%, which convinces the teacher that the teacher is not a bad teacher, that the teacher did not err in the teacher's grading, that it is 100% possible to get a perfect score. Bert just did it. The fact is that you failed, and you earned what you got, and you got what you earned, which is an F. There is no student in that scenario, if you were there, you wouldn't either, who at that moment would stand up and give Bert a standing ovation because Bert was perfect. We hate Bert, don't we? <laughs> Some of us have been in this very scenario, and freaking Bert just blew the curve. There's something down deep in us that hates the holiness, the perfection of God, because it reminds us, if we think about it, that we'll never be good enough. How we view God and how we understand God and how we uh, view God's involvement in our life touches every facet of who we are. We've talked about these seven non-communicable attributes. Basically, these seven attributes of God that are so far beyond us, we'll never hope to ever, we could never attain to any of like God's omnipotence, that he is all power. We will never know what it is to have all power. These things that are so God, they're so not us. The fact that God is transcendent outside space and time, we'll never understand what that is. The fact that God has all knowledge, we'll never have all knowledge. So we've talked about those seven non-communicable attributes. Those that can't be communicated to us. And we're making a transition this morning to talk about the seven more communicable attributes. Those that we can start to understand and maybe get a glimpse to hopefully emulate, even though minimally. And so this morning, in turning that corner, we're going to talk about the idea of holy and the idea of being holy. Holiness is the only threefold attribute of God. In other words, what I mean is that the holiness is the only attribute of God in the Bible that says it of God three different times. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, Isaiah 6. Nowhere else in the Bible of any of the attributes of God to say God is love, 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 or God is mercy, 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 God is grace, 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 God is good, good. It doesn't say that. It just says God is holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. It's the only one that is a threefold attribute of God. That means it's this. This is paramount. 
In every religion, there's a distinct distinction between that which is holy and that which is profane. And so I want to help you understand what we talk about when we talk about the idea of holy. And to do that, I brought some things I think you can relate to, hopefully. Now, those of us who have been married a long time, way back in the day, something was on the guest, the, 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 the bridal, the, what is it, the... The, the reg, I don't know, whatever, the guest, what you're supposed to buy us. And it's this stuff. What is this? No, no, no. China. Say it right. China. China. It's China. So this is the expense of this is the good. This doesn't live with all the other dishes. If you were old like me and got married way back in the day with one of those registries, you put China on your list and the rich people bought you this stuff. Matter of fact, this was so special that it didn't live with the other dishes. It didn't even live in the kitchen, though it's a dish. It lived in the living room, a thing called a China hutch, and you just looked at it, right? Why? Because this is the holy stuff. Everybody didn't get to use this. When you have company over, if they were important enough, maybe they broke this out, maybe once a year. And the, certainly the kids sure as heck didn't use this. This was the whole, now they also had these. These are just regular dishes. Nobody cares about this stuff. Like, who cares? This is, this is holy. This is profane. This is set apart. This is common. This is the stuff you can leave dirty, leave it in the sink for three weeks, and nobody cares. This is stuff you got leftovers, you slide over the dog, let the dog get off it. Nobody cares about this stuff. This is holy, set apart, distinct. This is profane and common. Do you understand? Now, how many of you got married back in the day when actually had this on the registries? A few of you? All right. So let me put it in terms where you'd understand. You got profane pillows at your house. And you got holy pillows at your house. You got the stuff, it doesn't matter where it goes. You can put it under your legs, under your wherever. Nobody wants to stick these things, but you'll stick them anywhere. Right? It's just profane. But these, these are laying on pillows. These are looking at pillows. You understand? Like this is the holy stuff. You do it. You can give this to your dog. Nobody cares. This you look at. You don't sit on. You don't put your feet on. You don't put that nappy old head on. That bald head, it all greasy everywhere. You don't put it on this one, right? This is on your couch. It's on your beds. What do you do? For you, this is on your beds. For you go lay down. What do you do with this? You take it off, right? If it's on a couch, you got your holy pillows on a couch. You don't sit on these. They're there to look at. If you're going to sit on where the pillows are, you move the pillows so these are protected, right? You understand the difference between holy and profane? It's set apart. It's different. There's nothing common about that which is holy. Typically, when we hear the word holy, we think uprightness or righteousness or ethical purity. And certainly that's part of it, 2 Corinthians 7. Therefore, since we have these promises, dear friends, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit perfecting what? Holiness out of reverence for God. So certainly there's an element of ethical purity in the idea of holiness. The Bible does associate moral uprightness with holiness. However, the Bible isn't primarily, when it talks about holiness, talking about 
doing the right things. To be holy means literally to be set apart or distinct from what is common. And that's why God can say in 1 Peter chapter 1, as obedient children do not conform to the evil common desires you had when you were living in ignorance and were living a common, non-set-apart life. But just as he who called you is what? Holy, so be what? Holy in all you do, for it is written, be holy because I am holy. Now, please understand, holiness means different and set apart, but just because something's different and set apart doesn't mean it's holy. Sometimes different just means weird. God is not a common God. So he calls us to be set apart like he is from what is common. Set apart in a, from a common mindset to an uncommon mindset. Set apart from the common responses to uncommon responses. Set apart from a common worldview to an uncommon world. Set apart from a common sexuality to an uncommon sexuality. Set apart from common finances to uncommon finances. Be holy. First Peter 1 refers back to the Old Testament in the book of the law in the book of Leviticus chapter 11. It says, I am the Lord your God. Consecrate yourselves and be holy. Why? So you can be good? No. Be holy. Why? So you can be righteous? No. Be holy because I am holy. I want you to be like me, God says. We have to understand two aspects of holiness. There is the aspect of holiness that is God. God is holy. God is separate and set above all his creation and everything that has been created. But the second aspect of holiness is the one that affects us. The idea that things and people, when they're attached to God and to God's purposes, then also become holy. And so we are to be holy, attached to God. God is holy and separate above all things that have been created. Compared to God, even our best effort is filth compared to God. See, our problem is a comparison problem. We compare ourselves to each other, and compared to each other, we're doing pretty good. Take a look at the person on your right and left. You're better than one of them. Might not be better than both, but you're better than one. See, our problem is, has nothing to do with our good. Our problem has to do with comparison. Now compare yourself to a holy God. Even on our best day, it's filth. And until we realize how holy God is, we'll never realize our need for him. The other thing is that things that are attached to God and his purposes are also then therefore declared holy. What was the first thing in the Bible that was declared holy? The very first thing is declared holy. Let, let me share it with you. Genesis 2, 3. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it he rested from the work of creating that had been done. The first thing in the Bible that is consecrated and declared holy other than God is the seventh day. Why was the seventh day created holy? Because it was distinct and set apart from day one, two, three, four, five, and six. What was set apart and different about the seventh day is that God did something different, something set apart, something attached only to him that made it different than the first six. He rested and set that day apart as separate. It was set aside for a special, uncommon purpose. 
See, people and things are holy that are connected with God and are for his purposes. And God blesses that which is holy. God certainly doesn't bless that which is profane. God blesses that which is holy. And so here's the thing, married husband, married wife. If you want your marriage to be holy and blessed, connect it to God and his purposes. If you want your finances to be holy and blessed, connect your finances to God and to his purposes. If you want your relationships to be blessed, connect them to God and to his purposes. Does this make sense? So consider the importance of what holiness is. There is a holiness that is the very being of God, and there is the holiness of the people who simply reflect his character. Exodus 19 says, And the Lord said to Moses, Go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow. Have them wash their clothes and be ready by the third day. Because on the third day, on that day, the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people. Here's what happened. God had led his nation out of captivity in Egypt, out of slavery under the oppressive hand of Pharaoh, and led them into the promised land. Before going to the promised land, he led them to Mount Sinai, where the people rested at the base of Mount Sinai, where God was to appear on Mount Sinai and meet with Moses. Before God met with Moses and gave them the Ten Commandments and that forever eternal promise between God and his people, he said, Moses, I'm about to do incredible work amongst you and give you my promise, but before that, you've got to get the people holy. Here's what I know. Before God will unleash his promises and before God will honor the relationship that he said he would give his people, we have to first choose to be set apart and distinct from that which is common in this world. We have to gain a lifestyle of set-apartness before we can live in the promises of Almighty God. Here's, 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 here's many of our problems. Now, we definitely want the promises of God. We want them to show up. We want them to make relationships new, finances new, marriages new, families new, jobs new. No, we want them to do all that stuff, but we want them to do that stuff without having to do anything ourselves. Right? So what it means to be holy is to have a different style of living. It doesn't mean perfection. Please don't misunderstand me. I don't seem to have got to be perfect. But we have to be holy. See, without set-apartness, we forever ever live outside of God's favor. And we have to understand this. God's favor cannot, will never be able to be earned by being good. And this is our problem. This is what we think. When we hear the idea of being holy, we think, well, if I just be good enough, then God's going to be happy. That we can't earn his goodness. His goodness is grace to those who have declared themselves as set apart. Not perfect. And so what's the ethical implications of holiness? God is holy. He demands us to be holy. There is an ethical implication. Ethically, every Christ follower is called to live a holy life. If we say that we have a relationship with God through faith in Jesus, we are called then ethically to live and morally to live a holy life. What's that mean? It means that God wants our minds and our hearts to be filled with his holy qualities. All these things we're going to talk about in these next seven weeks about his communicable attributes have to be reflective in our life because they are who God is. Am I going too fast? You tracking with me? 
See, here's what happens. We try to modify our behavior without being attached to God's holiness. We try to be good. Behavioral modification without the holiness of heart results in religious failure. And when people try to be good without being connected to God's holiness and resulting in religious failure, they do what's called deconstructing their faith. They tear it all down because it hasn't worked. The problem is without a test of God and his holiness, it'll never work. Because you never be holy. So if, the, if we have to be holy, if you have a relationship with Jesus, God has said, be holy. What's the next question? You've been told by the, by the Bible and by God, be holy. What's the next question? Ow. Well, great. All right, baldy, smarty pants. How do I do it? It's impossible. <laughs> Apart from being attached to Jesus. Literally, it says, be holy as God is holy. It means it be pure and blameless in God's sight. How? Here's the problem. The Bible says this is impossible. Look what it says. There was no one holy like the Lord. Wait, 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 wait. You just said I had to be holy like God. And then you tell me in the same Bible that there's no one holy like the Lord. But in that Bible, you said I had to be holy like him. But then you just tell me there's no one holy. Like I'm in a catch 22. How do I get out of this? Right? There's no one besides you. There's no rock like Dwayne Johnson. There's like, there's no way. Here's the deal. Here's what we got to understand. We are made holy, not by behavior. Please get that out of your head. Don't ever, we're made holy by our attachment to Christ. Now our behavior will transform as we are attached to him. But we're not made holy by our behavior. It doesn't work that way. It, it, Hebrews 10 says this. First, he said, sacrifices and offerings, burn offerings and sin offerings, all this religious stuff, all this religious baggage, all this religious behavior, you didn't desire, God, nor were you, God, pleased with all this religious stuff, though they were offered in accordance to what you said. Wait a minute. So I'm doing what God tells me to do, but God doesn't want that done. Yeah, that's pretty much what the Bible says, as confusing as that is. I can't be right with you by what I do. Then verse 9 says this. Then he said, here I am. I have come to do your will. He sets aside the first thing to establish the second thing. What that means is I'm going to set aside those things that were designed to try to make me right, though they can't make me right. I'm going to set that aside and do things a different way. What's the different way? Verse 10. And by that will, we have been made what? Holy through what? Through the obedience, through the sacrifice, through the behavior? No. Through the what? Through the sacrifice of the what? Of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. We are not made holy by our behavior. Thank God. We're made holy by our attachment to Jesus. So you can be holy. God would never ask us to do something he didn't empower us to do. Now you know what you did last night. And you can be holy. Do you understand? So if that's how I become holy, attaching myself to Jesus, what's the results of it? Well, the results of becoming holy is this, that as the holiness of God works its way into the fabric of my being, I will become more sensitive to what? To my own sin. 
And I'll learn to hate my sin like God hates it. That's the result of being holy. Now understand, holiness is me hating my sin. It's not me telling you your sin. Does that make sense? It's me hating my sin. See, because I am separate and set apart holy, I have to then be separate and set apart from my sin. And as I become holy, I become more sickened by my own sin habits. Here's the deal. Let's just be honest with ourselves, right? We all have those things that we know are part of our life that are outside of God's plan. We all have those habits and hangups that we know are part of our being that are outside of God's design. We all have those habits, hurts, and hangups that keep us from living the way God wants us to live, don't we? Okay, there are three of you who are more honest in this one than the first server. The first service, everybody was perfect. They didn't have any issues. We got three honest ones here. Here's the deal. We've grown comfortable with those things. They become common in our lives. And God says, I want you to be holy so much so you become uncomfortable and sickened by all those sins that you've grown comfortable with. I'm going to give you a real quick and easy test of your holiness. Okay, this is for you to... Now, um, let me put an asterisk. If you're under 50, I'm going to give you a test of your unholiness. Check your social media. I don't know, maybe if you're over 52, I don't know, but... So here's what I'm saying. If holiness is separateness and being distinct from that which is common, if holiness is being separate from and distinct from that which is common, how similar is your social media to everybody else's common social media? How similar are your posts to everybody else's common posts? How does similar does your social media reflect God's holiness? You understand? You want a test of your holiness, how much dissension do you sow? You know what's common in this world is dissension. We see it everywhere we turn. There's dissension online, isn't there? In their dissension in social media, you turn on the news. Everybody's fighting with each other, right? Actually, one of the best things that happened to our country is Donald Trump not get elected. Here's why. Because the moment he wasn't elected, all the problems went away. I don't hear about anything but snow in Texas. That's the only problem we have in America anymore. And, uh, what I'm saying is, is like everybody's fighting with everybody, right? So how do you be holy? You become distinct by not being a person of dissension. Does that make sense? So, ask yourself, how holy am I? So how do we grow in holiness? Holy living involves the daily decision to surrender the lordship of Jesus. It's a daily decision. It's not something I attain. It's something every day. Romans 12, 1, therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices. What? Holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. It's a daily prescription of sacrifice. It's a daily choice. You know the problem, the Bible says, offer your bodies as living sacrifice. You know the problem with a living sacrifice? A living sacrifice has a tendency to crawl off the altar. 
And so every day, it's a process of going through the fications. You know what the fications are? It's not what you said before. You know, your motherfication. <laughs> it's not that. that the fications are justification. Coming by faith to relationship with Jesus, we're justified. Justification, just as if I never sinned. Leading to sanctification, the idea of growing in holiness, working out your salvation with fear and trembling, so that one day that we lead to glorification when we are made right with God, perfect in heaven. It's this process. You don't all of a sudden are holy one day. Every day, offering yourself on the altar to God. The fact is that God has created you to be set apart from that which is common. He's created you to be set apart and distinct from that which is common because of your relationship with him. The Bible says in Ephesians 2.10, we are God's handiwork. That word literally means poem. You are a work of God. You are a masterpiece of the creator. You were created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for you to do. You were designed, created, and crafted to be different and distinct from everybody and every life around you. Set apart from what is common. I guarantee you that we are able to see our holiness or our com commonness when we're stressed, frustrated, and angry. When we're in those moments of our lives of being stressed, frustrated, and angry, we get a very clear picture of how holy we are or how common we are. Ask yourself this question. What are those things in my life that make me stressed, frustrated, and angry? And then in those times of stress, frustration, and anger, do I then reflect the holy qualities of God? Or do I reflect the common attitudes of everybody else who is also stressed, frustrated, and angry? COVID has been a beautiful opportunity over the past year to get a great glimpse of our holiness. Because COVID has unleashed upon us the opportunity to be stressed, frustrated, and angry. Right? This is where the rubber meets the road with God and his attribute of holiness. In those moments of stress, frustration, and anger, have I responded as every other common person has, or have I responded according to the attributes of a holy God? You got it? You still with me? God made us to be holy and he's called us to holiness. So therefore then, brothers and sisters, be holy. Let me put it in the vernacular. Just be freaking holy, man. <laughs> here's, here, here's what I know. You don't want to be common. You don't. You, the, the reason why we're all dressed differently because we don't want to be like everybody else. You don't want to be common. No one wants to be common. There, there, there's nothing about us that wants to, I just want to, I just want to be, we don't want to be common. We weren't designed to be common. We were designed to be set apart. And here's the deal. Nobody wants to be a potato chip. Everybody would want to be a Dorito. <laughs> right? Nobody wants to be a Lay's potato chip. A Dorito, that's not so bad though. Right? 
Nobody wants to be an almond joy with coconut. Oh, everybody wants to be a Butterfinger. That's not a bad gig right there, right? Nobody wants to be Coors Light. Give me Coors Banquet, right? <laughs> like, nobody wants to be Common. Well, Turkey, how about McCallum? You know, I mean, let's, let's get real. Here's a, nobody wants to be a Swiss or Sweet. Everybody wants to be a Cohiba Espliditos for my cigar aficionado. You don't understand what I'm saying. Nobody wants to be Common because you weren't designed to become, you were designed to be set apart, and distinct from a common world that doesn't know God. And this is why it's so important to live a life of holiness, set apartness, distinctness. Here's why. Because your huddle needs to see this stuff. Your huddle needs to see the holiness of God lived out in your, not perfection, but distinctness. Not perfection, but set apart. Your huddle needs to see it. Here's why. Because your huddle sees common every day, everywhere it looks. Oh, your huddle, those 8 to 15 years, has seen common every time it turns on the news. It's seen common every time it gets online. It's seen common every time it goes outside of its shuttered home. It's seen common every other place. It's not yet seen holy. We got such a great opportunity to be different and to be distinct and set apart. From everything that is common. And that, my friends, attached to Christ is what it is to be holy. And this is why you read the Bible. And this is why you pray every day. And this is why you come to church. And this is why you listen to worship music when you're away from church. And this is why you serve others. And this is why you submit to your spouse. And this is why you stop watching porn. And this is why you obey scripture. Not because in those things you are holy, but because those things happen when your life is attached to a holy God. This is the day that some of you are going to change. This is the day that change begins. This is the day that some of you are going to move from being common to being set apart. This is the day. This is the day that some of your marriages are going to change from a common marriage to a marriage that is set apart and different because it's been common for far too long. This is the day. This is the day that some of your common finances are going to be transformed to a set apart finances because this is the day that you will attach it to God and to his purpose. This is the day that some of your social media habits will turn from common to set apart and holy. This is the This is the day that your common and confused sexuality will be transformed to a sexuality that is transformed and set apart and distinct. This is the day that your common goals will become set apart goals. This is your day that your common attitudes, for some of you, will become attitudes that are set apart and distinct. This is the day that some of your common lives lived in fear and anxiety is going to become a life that is set apart and distinct. This for some of you, it's your day. How? By attaching all that you are and all that you have to a holy God. No longer worried about perfection. 
God has called us to intimacy, not performance. Do you understand? He's called us to intimacy, not performance. And in that intimate relationship with God, we are made holy, separate, distinct. And I want to invite you to be holy. Pray with me, Father, thank you that you've not called us to perfection. You know we could never measure up. Every one of us has fallen far short. Thank you that that is not your expectation of us. Thank you that you have called us to that which we can attain. A holy separateness from that which is common and profane. In this moment, you have the opportunity between you and God. And I would encourage you to take it in your own words, but just say, God, I'm sorry. Because this area of my life has been common. I'm sorry that I've allowed my marriage to be common. I'm sorry I've allowed my finances to be calm. I'm sorry I allowed my attitude. I'm sorry. And then ask him, Father, today I want to choose to be holy. I choose to be set apart and different. I choose to be distinct. Help me to reflect who you are when I'm frustrated and upset. Help me to reflect your qualities of holiness in the midst of a common and lethargic world. Tell them, say, Father, I don't want to be common. I want to be set apart for you. So I join, here it is, I join my life and all that you've given me to you through faith in Jesus. Tell them, I and my things are yours. I choose holiness. Father, it is your love that has rescued. And we are delivered not by our behavior, but by your cross. You are our hope. And today, we choose holiness.